and welcome to the Deceleration Podcast. My name is Marisol Cortez, and I'm the co-editor of Deceleration, which you can find at deceleration.news. We are an online journal writing news and analysis at the intersection of environment and human rights, journalistically, academically, and always creatively. Based in San Antonio, Texas, we are small but fierce. In today's podcast, we talk with Molly Wright, a housing justice activist on her 10th day of a hunger strike to call attention to the inadequacy of the city of San Antonio's approach to homelessness. As a formerly homeless person, one of Molly's central points is that the city needs to be soliciting and listening to the voices of those who know best how to serve those sleeping on the streets, in tent encampments and shelters, on the couches of friends and family. She also has a number of very concrete demands for what truly effective policies could look like if it centered those experiences. So let's listen here. Um, for folks that aren't familiar with your work in the community, give us a little background on your own history of um, housing justice work. How did you get involved in these issues? Well, um, I started out, gosh, long time ago, back in my college days, many, many years ago, um, driving around on a little red scooter, and I would ride around town and patrol the streets back then, making sure that the cops leave people alone. Um, and at that time, I don't, I don't know if you know or if you were here at that time, but at the time there was much bitterness against people um, staying, in, uh, staying on the river um, and uh, shelterless people. Mm -hmm. river. Um, I mean, I've always had my best conversations with people on the river, mm -hmm. um, San Antonio River Walk, um, with so much, so many different strangers and so many different viewpoints. Um, I was young, I was always talking to people and stuff, but there are many other people that complained as they do now. And so that's when that ordinance came about to ban homeless people from the river walk. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and, and I was like kind of frustrated about that. Um, and then, um, and then, so I've always done it all my life, you know, and, um, but when I was recently homeless again, I learned that the band kind of went away. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, yeah, so when I used to be homeless again, like recently, a couple of years ago as well, um, yeah, they don't harass people anymore on the river. They kind of let people at a sidebar. Mm -hmm. um, I was wondering what, um, mm -hmm led you this time to take action you know what what was it that really made you feel okay I need to I'm going to do this hunger strike was you know was there something that happened with the city in particular or did you just kind of see an accumulation of of of, of people dealing with different housing crises what was it that that led you to the decision to just start the hunger strike so yeah um, I would pay attention. Um, I would pay attention to how politics treats homelessness altogether. Um, how the city invests in homelessness. How they actually treat it like it's a market. Mm -hmm. um, uh, realizing, I, I, I'm realizing how the city is thriving on the federal monies that come in because we have homelessness. So and it's starting to dawn on me that they don't want it to disappear. You know, and it's not just on me. I've kind of known that for a while. You know, and I look at the service providers. Some of them are genuine. Some of them not so genuine. But it just seems like they just exist to keep it 
go. And it just looks like that. Um, it's just the whole system of homelessness all together. The bottom line, San Antonio would literally be finally screwed over without homelessness. You know, and I'm starting to realize that. So they need people to be calling 911 whenever they see somebody holding a sign at a major intersection or something or sitting on a bench. And so as time progressed and things like that, I began to, you know, and then also personally experiencing homelessness. Um, this is enough. This has gone far too long. And mm -hmm. so I went and I had some meetings with the mayor, mm -hmm. um, his uh, then director of policy a couple of years ago. Um, and then that didn't go too far. And then recently on January 12th, Dr. Juan Valdez, the new director of policy for Ron Yerbert, he attempted another round of meetings, except we only had one meeting. Um, and, you know, he promised that the mayor would be more active, engaged. Um, and then, because Ron and I, we had a few encounters at his rallies in the past through the, you know, and I, we just promised each other that we would work, each, work with each other mm -hmm. respectfully, you know? But, but at that meeting, it's like, DHS, they just, they never intended to do the overnight parking program, which mm -hmm. is what I wanted them to do. Mm -hmm. And I said, there's people that really need it, and this was pre-COVID. Well, when Dr. Valdez called me this time around, I said, look, we have a major eviction problem. People are getting evicted left and right. CDC declaration or not, people are not being protected by the CDC. Mm -hmm. People are living in their cars. You know, Saha recipients, people that um, aren't protected by the CDC because of holdover or what have you, they need to sleep in their cars, you know? And then the notice to vacate people that avoid the eviction mm -hmm. altogether. So they leave when they get the first, first uh, notice. Mm -hmm. They need an emergency plan immediately. So yeah. Dr. Valdez says, okay, let's do this. So we set up a meeting, January 12th. I brought over a couple of activists. Mm -hmm. uh, DHS did not appreciate that. Um, and um, it just, it's just appalling to think that she would actually ask for further assessment to see if that need actually exists. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay and she says oh, we really don't think that that need exists we need to do further assessment <laughs> i'm like do you not see the people being evicted you know and she's like well i see it but i don't think we really need it mm -hmm. okay <laughs> you know so and then i'm like i'm like you just spent a hundred thousand dollars on a california-based agency home to study the status of homelessness they confirmed with everything I told you in the steering committee meetings, you mm -hmm. know, and not only that, you have a task force from a couple of years ago in 2017 that said we have housing insecurity, you know, and mm -hmm. they said, well, we'd rather put people in hotels. Don't you want to put people in hotels instead of a parking lot? Sure. Do you have those hotels available now? Because people are sleeping in the streets now. And you know what they said? No, mm -hmm. we don't have that now. When we don't have that plan ready yet. We don't have hotels right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. So you were trying to, um, it sounded like you took them a set of policy measures 
that you were hoping that they would implement like right away and one of those components being the overnight parking lot plan or you know uh, option for people um, hotels uh, what were some of the other elements of, of the policies you wanted to see the city um, put into place um, working with via Metropolitan um, I received an invitation from Mr. Arndt that he would he would be happy to work with the city of San Antonio to be a good steward, a good partner in the community. So he has almost nearly all of the resources to provide for the immediate um, assistance to people that are homeless and evicted as well. You know, and then and so I it, and they're just not at all interested in doing that at all. Mm-hmm. And then and then of course the second most Infections that I've been seeing is Saha. Um, and here you have an opportunity to actually learn from your mistakes and choose an actual CEO of Saha to actually educate the board about the real problems of what individuals, recipients go through to the obstacles of getting housing assistance, mm-hmm. people on fixed income, lower middle income you know it's like you have that opportunity and the only way that you can actually choose a proper ceo is if they engage and tap into the expertise of the saha tenant mm-hmm. you know and and that was the third thing that i told them i said if you can happen to do that you will actually control eviction like literally mm-hmm. because saha right now is unbelievable um it's what's going on with Saha and the way that they handle things. It's completely unbelievable. But if you actually have a CEO that understands that system and tells the board, hey, you need to start changes, you know, mm-hmm. that would drastically improve and reduce the numbers of homelessness. Mm-hmm. Because unfortunately, Saha is the last chance housing, unfortunately, mm-hmm. for some people. Once you lose your voucher, once you lose your public assistance, you will be home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know, yeah. The, and I, then the third, the third thing, I, the third thing that I was, I was asking for yeah. is, is, is helping out with the sweeps. You know, mm-hmm. there's like an agency that was trying to enhance the encampment. Yanawana mm-hmm. Abeladio. Yeah. And it doesn't seem like they're going to work with them either. Uh-huh. You know, they have this beautiful concept of enhancing the encampment for the homeless people. All they have to do is provide basic city trash service. Uh-huh. You know, have the people come out, pick up the trash, be done. The encampments will be clean. Mm-hmm. The people know how to be resourceful. You know, they don't want to live in encampment, but if that's all they have, that's all they have. So if you can just provide basic city services, sanitation services. Yeah. You know, yeah. That's that's the best policy, and that is far cheaper than what they are currently doing. They are wasting so much money of taxpayers' money, millions. They're spending all of your taxpayers' money just by sweeping people like they were trash. Yeah. When all they have to do is just provide basic city services, which would be the cheapest thing. Right. Yeah. That's that's a really when I read that proposal. Um, it made so much sense to me 
and I, I, I had known I had known about um, Yanawana Herbolarios and the kind of street medic stuff that they were doing too. So I mean, it just seems it's it's a problem that we face, whatever the issue, right? Like of the city not, um, you know, the folks that are closest on the ground working with different communities yeah. around different needs, like just this refusal to even expand their imagination of what a solution could look like by working with those 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 groups. Right. Um, right. I want to ask you too, like, so the last time I remember seeing a hunger strike here in the city as part of uh, like an organizing campaign was back in 2010 um, when folks were, were, were organizing around um, like the show your, yeah, the dreamers and the show your papers bills stuff that was happening in Arizona. And, uh, and you know, it's, it's a tactic that it, we don't see it that much, but it has this very powerful history and legacy, you know, of, of nonviolent resistance, whether it, it's Cesar Chavez and the farm workers or, or Gandhi um, and, you know, the fight against British colonialism. Can you tell me a little bit about why you decided right. on that tactic in particular versus other kinds of protest? Uh, well, I'm not, I think protests are necessary, but unfortunately, considering the mayor and the city council, it just seems like protests, no matter how many BLM goes out there, um, Black Lives Matter or the, you know, all kinds of protests that happen, cancel the rent. Mm -hmm. It seems like the protests are just becoming white noise to the city council and the mayor. That's mm -hmm. all it is, is white noise. Mm -hmm. But why did I go the route of a hunger strike? Well, when you're homeless, you're hungry. Mm -hmm. And you don't have the energy to protest for fights. You know, you don't have the energy to protest or fight for your rights. Mm -hmm. You're just too busy trying to breathe, trying to live. So you're not thinking about protesting. Mm -hmm. um, you're just hungry. Um, and I mean, I'm happy to see other advocates strategizing and, and organizing people on the streets and they will rise when the time lights. But like I said, I, you know, but I hope that I'm alive when that happens because human dignity is a right, mm -hmm. you know? Human dignity should not be swept away. Yeah. And the city of San Antonio, they've actually robbed people of dignity for too long, and they just don't seem to care. Mm -hmm. You know, people lose everything for so many reasons, not just drugs and alcohol. Some people just don't understand the basic 101s, you know, and so cannot make basic financial decisions that keep one housed. Some people just don't have that ability to access, you know, what is needed, you know, to what would keep them making sound decisions, you know? Some people lose a spouse. There's so many different reasons why people become homeless. Mm -hmm. And and then the, the last thing that you want to do to people is take away their dignity when they lose everything. Yeah, yeah. And that's why I'm going on a hunger strike, you know? Mm -hmm. I'm just hoping that if the city mayor and city council sees just a regular person like me, willing to sacrifice your own life for strangers who have no rights, you know, living on the street. They literally have zero eviction rights when all they have 
the only four walls that they can put around them is made out of cloth, a tent, then they waive their eviction right because they've come homeless. Mm-hmm. Like becoming homeless is a felon or something. Mm-hmm. And then maybe hopefully they will begin doing the right thing by seeing the sacrifice that I'm making. Mm-hmm. The most impressive is um, the community is stepping forward. You know, they are coming forward. They're supporting this effort. Um, I think there's going to be because of um, I already researched hunger strikes. I already researched what's going to happen to somebody when they go through the phase of not eating for so long. Um, and the things that I've read, but because I'm on day, I keep forgetting the count. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I'm on day six already. <laughs> so I was really scared because I'm looking at the days and I'm doing the research and I'm like, okay, so this is going to happen to me now. This is going to happen to me now. It, Slowly, it hasn't been happening to me, but I don't know. The mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyway, um, uh, people are coming forward, and they're st- we're starting to kick it up a notch. Um, I'm going to start hosting, not hosting, but I'm going to start uh, sleeping at city chambers okay. in a tent um, just to just document. This is what happens to you. You go over there. You don't have a place to go. You need to go to sleep. So you pick a safe place, like City Cambridge, okay, I'm going to go there every night. And then I'm expecting for the police to go ahead and sweep me. So I'm going to document that. Mm-hmm. You know, every single place I go, every single area I think is safe for me to hide, they'll just sweep you along. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm, I mean, like Vietnam, they didn't really do anything until what happened, the president allowed the media to videotape the bodies coming in, right? Mm-hmm. So it wasn't until they actually videotaped and brought attention, hey, you know, we've got to do something about this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. maybe that's all it takes. Is you just got to bring awareness by videotaping what happened. Yeah. By demonstrating yeah. this is what happened. Making it more visible. Yeah. You know, go over, go, go, go over to Haven for Hope listen to them yelling at the people like you're a pack of dogs you know mm-hmm. tell me you know tell me that's not abusive you know um, and it's just yeah so yeah. I just I have to do that if I have to do that I will yeah. expose them that way how can the community support you but, I mean how can we help amplify what you're doing like make it more visible make it more audible um are you calling on people at this point to join you in the hunger strike, or are you asking for other kinds of support? Um, I'm accepting all kinds of support. Um, yes, people are, are, are asking to join. Um, and like Rebecca Flores, she's going to visit me when I go spend the night at chamber mm-hmm. at the chamber um, city chambers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think we might have a demonstration tomorrow, possibly. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, I'll keep you alerted to that as well. Okay. I kind of don't want to plan and expose the plan. Yeah. I know that the city will do something. Yeah. So, but yeah. Um, but I think the best way to support and to bring awareness, because obviously the local government is not taking care of things the way that they should. Yeah. The best way is to expose and expose and expose and contact the state and federal representatives and report what you see 
you know, that the local government is not providing for the homeless in ways that make sense, that actually makes common sense. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of calling 911, tell people to call your elected official mm-hmm. and report mm-hmm. what you see. Don't call the police. Yeah. It's not a criminal to be homeless. Report how the chronically homeless girl who lives with the fear of being homeless in a, you know, on a hunger strike is, is joined by other housing advocates as well. Tell everybody about that, you know. Yeah. Report that it has come to this to get attention. Mm-hmm. Let the state representatives know, oh my God, this girl is gonna put her life in danger because the local government will not you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you had any <laughs> uh, any response from from unsheltered folks? Um, have you um, heard from people in support of what you're doing? Do people know what you're doing? Um, anything yeah, like that? Yeah, the hard thing about that is, like I was telling you earlier, when you're homeless, you don't have the energy to fight for your rights. Mm-hmm. You really don't. Mm-hmm. You're too busy trying to stay alive. That's what it's like when you're homeless. Yeah. So organizing, there's a lot of people that I've seen in the media mm-hmm. where there w- it looks like they're, oh, goodness, I can go work with that person. And so immediately I go find that person. You know, I try to go find them. I try to talk to them, mm-hmm. try to talk around them and let them know who I am. But there's just no... There's no, I don't know, there's, yeah. I can't get that Yana Wana over Ladio's impact on people, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, it's hard but, because uh, yeah. I think we hear yeah. a lot of folks, like, a lot of groups are, like, advocating for people on the streets, right? Or people who are experiencing homelessness, but but it's seldom that we actually get to hear those folks speak for themselves. Um, I know when I worked right. when I worked with um, Right to the City Alliance, there was a group. I want to say maybe they were New York City based. Um, I can't remember, but they were called Picture the Homeless, and that was like the only group that I had heard of at, to that point. And I think since that point, that was primarily like their membership was people who are experiencing homelessness or had experienced homelessness, but it's like, how do we begin to change that to make it, I mean, I guess that it sounds like what you're saying, the answer is like, we can't really, people can't really, uh, you know, organize for their rights or speak out for their rights until they're like, <laughs> their housing needs are taken care of and they're not exhausted from just trying to survive. Right, mm-hmm. you know, um, I think just stop treating them like they're animals, mm. you know? I saw one description in the home base. Um, I was like, I didn't even want to read anymore, but it looked like they wanted to put tags on people. Oh my gosh. And they want, and they want to see how homeless people migrate. Where mm-hmm. do they travel? Mm-hmm. I study these people. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh my God, that's what you do to birds. That's what you do to alligators, how do you do to frogs, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's what scientists do with animals. And it, and I read that piece in the home base presentation, or the home base um, first edition, mm-hmm. <laughs> which didn't really change much from what I understand. And I'm too scared to read the second edition, but that description was like, 
you want to put a tag on these people? Mm-hmm. You, know, you want to see how they migrate? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is that what it is? You know, it's just like homeless people are not, it's not an, an animal form to study. Mm-hmm. We're people. That yeah. Have houses. That's it. Just people. Yeah. And until you begin to realize, stop treating them like trash. Stop treating them like they have no dignity. That's when they will step up. I mean, I am. I'm not. I'm not going to say anything too much about this question because the person that I talked to, um, she is organizing some folks. Okay. Mm-hmm. And and their voices are going to be represented, and they're being represented very well. You know. They're being represented extremely well. Mm-hmm. Um, and things are happening. Mm-hmm. Um, we just don't see it. I don't even see it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. like, you know, and, and I'm just happy to, to see that when, when this person was telling me all the things that they're organizing, you know, I'm just happy, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, you know, to see that going on. So, and, and the promise that major changes are coming. Um, mm-hmm only time we will see them rise you know it's just things will be changed um but all i have to do is just have hope and faith Mm -hmm. (laughs) people Mm -hmm. that i spoke with will actually succeed Mm -hmm. you know and my last question is just um (laughs) how how in your opinion based on your experiences how can we begin to change the way like our neighbors you know, the wider community responds to specifically tent encampment. I, um, I'm on next door and mm-hmm. homelessness and tents and encampments are some of the most like volatile, um, conversations that I see on next door and frequently, uh, just people say really, really ugly shit. And, um, yeah. And like the, the, and that's the majority of the of the opinions that I see being expressed on next door, like just for any like there will be people that come on and say, um, you know, stop. We should stop dehumanizing people. Um, I've even been pulled into a few like conversations myself that get like real ugly, like real fast when I when I call people out or when I offer any kind of like criticism of you know the ways that my neighbors are talking about those issues um but like how can we how can we teach people to like punch up right instead of punching down you know like why are you picking on folks in your neighborhood who don't have anything like just be why don't you just be grateful that you have a house or that you have food yeah. um and yeah. and look upstream at the problem like what do we have to do to change yeah. the way people think yeah, about people these things can be very ugly um yeah mm-hmm. yeah i mean they can they they can be extremely ugly i mean that's the whole reason why dr chris is taking catholic worker health that, that's why they ended up moving to the ends of the earth mm-hmm. you know, with their beautiful project for the senior age homeless people. Mm-hmm. You know, they can't, you can't get uglier than the Nolan Street residents. Mm. But then again, yeah, yeah, I think you can't get uglier. <laughs> um, I just, um, all I can say is 
rather than argue with these people, mm-hmm. rather than trying to persuade with these people, mm-hmm. all you have to do is just tell them, okay, let's do an exercise. And then describe a situation and then tell them to close their eyes. And then imagine that was you mm-hmm. having to worry about whether you can make it to a Dr. Chris's place at the Catholic Workhouse for Meals or if you can make it in time for servings at a cub under the bridge, mm-hmm. church under the bridge, or Travis Park Church and get a weekly bath or a meal. Ask them to imagine wandering the church or place you go because you have no money to buy food. If that church or place that you go will have enough food to serve everyone in the line because the lines are getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. Just tell those people, close your eyes and imagine not having the ability to access services because you don't know how or where to go and you don't have money for the bus to get there when you find out. Just tell them to close their eyes and imagine that your children looking up into your eyes and saying or not even saying anything at all. And all that kid wants to do is just be held closer in your arms because your kid is scared out of his or her fucking mind. And all you can do is just hold your kid closer and tighter and hope that things will get better. Mm-hmm. So if you're actually complaining about people, strolling, you know, people strolling through their suburbs and they're not supposed to be there, call your representatives and demand that a day shelter be built. Mm-hmm. Haven for hope is not the answer. Haven for Hope is flooded over, not only with disease and abusive staffers and other employees, but overwhelmed with people needing a place to get off the street. And they are tapped out anyway. All the shelters are tapped out. Mm-hmm. Just get mad about how the city has been given a 2017 task force implementation guide, an actual guide, an expensive study of homelessness, and yet they still feel like they need more assessments to see if the need for immediate sheltering for evicted renters and homeless people exists. Get mad at the Department of Human Services for refusing to provide a place for everyone to go. Instead, they're going into your neighborhood. So tell the neighborhood association, your anger is at the wrong place. Right. You shouldn't be angry at the individual that has lost everything because of a fire, because of health, because of mental, because of drugs, because of spousal, you know, loss of life, you know. Get mad at the correct people, which is Department of Human Services, that are refusing to actually endorse some of these policies that have been given to them on a silver plate. I mean, if they complain about seeing people unhoused, well, you just tell them right back. You wanted to clean up Broadway inner city. You wanted to clean up the north side, your west side areas. You wanted to neglect the needs of all sides of town to better the north side. You wanted to clean up downtown. You wanted flashy convention centers. You wanted neat looking buildings all over the city. You wanted LED, LED lighted up riverwalk. There's a yeah. price to pay for all the cleaning up of the city. People cannot afford to live in the city anymore. Mm-hmm. So what are you gonna do? Mm-hmm. Keep paying for hotels for people? That is gonna get really expensive, but thankfully the federal government, as I hear, will refund us 
100%. If we just go ahead and flip the bill for people on the streets and put them up in hotels, mm -hmm. you know, there is something out there where the federal government will, redeem, will refund us 100% if we do that for people. Mm -hmm. So we do have the ability to house individuals in hotels if we just get those hotels and yeah. do it now, not later, now. Right, right. So, so that's what you have to do. You have to tell everybody, you have to reap what you sow. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what I say to everyone who complains about seeing individuals that are walking through the neighborhood, seeing individuals that are walking up Broadway, up, walking up San Pedro, you know, hanging out here, hanging out on the bridge. Just stop complaining about what you see, because what you see is the result yeah. of wanting a new Deco district, mm -hmm. a South Town, or a Pearl Brewery. That is the result. Yeah. Well... Yeah. Molly, I, I, I don't want to take up so much of your time because I know you're at work, um, but I just I have a lot of respect for what you're doing and, um, and just please keep us posted on ways that, um, that you need folks to support you from the community. We can, we can have, you know, we can play a role in, in getting the word out about stuff. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I just, I thank you so much for, for what you're doing and, um, any last words or just anything unaddressed that you didn't get a chance to say? Just please call the city council, call your representative, call your, call your council person and tell them, I have given, advocates have given the city, the city so many different ways of how to resolve this issue. And they need to act on it and they're not treating housing as a priority all they're doing is giving three four five million dollars to developers to develop what not just develop market rate housing they're developing more homelessness mm -hmm. and it's just that's all i can say is just call your council person and tell them to stop it mm -hmm. you know you've been given solutions and ideas to act on and they're not doing it mm -hmm. yeah all they want to do is just spend more of your taxpayer money. Pray for me. Yeah. Pray for me. Thank you for listening to this podcast, where we consult with community minds of consequence. To read other stories and analysis, or to sign up for our newsletter, visit deceleration.news. You can also find other episodes of this podcast on both iTunes and Stitcher. Lastly, all of our support comes from readers and listeners. So if you like what we're up to and you want to donate, look for us on Patreon. Much thanks, and remember to type slowly.